Now over to the Queen Elizabeth Concert Hall at Stag Bottling on Lower Mousetrizer for a concert of modern music. Thank you. And for our next piece, we would like to give you an example of music concrete. Very hard music. For, for, for this, the orchestra will be considerably augmented, so in fact it's reinforced concrete. This, this avant-garde concerto, which is entirely free from the conventions of rhythm, melody, harmony and music, will be completely spontaneous and improvised and made up on the spot, which explains why it's so awful. We, we call it free music because no one will pay to hear it. <laughs> Dur during the work, the musicians will play knives, forks, spoons, balloons, plastic wombats and steam shovels. <laughs> We're sorry about this, but they left their instruments on the bus. <laughs> and now it gives me very little pleasure to introduce your conductor. Hopefully take me. And now the auditorium is still and silent, which is quite understandable. They've all gone out. And here we go with the Wunderschau. <laughs> Now for the avant clue. <laughs> yes, it's the kitchen syncopation of the Angus Prune Tune. Which brings to the microphone once again the amazing Timbrooke Taylor, John Cleese, David Hatch, Joe Kendall and Bellotti. And here is the voice of the most avant-garde of them all. Avant the lovely nice of rhubarb. Oh, no! It's I'm sorry I'll read that again, again! My lecture on crime prevention this evening will be very short. Uh, somebody's stolen my notes. <laughs> but I think I can remember a few things. Uh, doors, very important. And windows, also very important. Uh, shut them or something. No, bolt them. No, don't bolt them. Nail five-inch planks over them. All of them. That'll keep them out. And it'll keep you in so that you can't do any crime either. What else was? Oh, yes, I brought along my bagpipes. Uh, I mean, my team of experts who will play over the sea to sky. Uh, who will tell you about George. No, life. Life. Crime. Crime. Uh, now, first of all, there's Inspector Lim from the Police Flying Squad Training Centre, where he trains police to fly. Uh, <laughs> yes, well, what I want to show you particularly is this steel-proof handbag, which is fitted with warning devices that warn you if it's being stolen. <laughs> For instance, if you are beaten on the head and the bag is snatched off you, and you don't notice, this... <laughs> this alarm gong will sound. thief then start to run, the vibration will cause green dye to come spurting out. And the alarm trumpet will sound. If the thief doesn't stop and surrender, a tape recording in the base of the handbag will play recordings of police sirens. 
If this fails to stop him, there is a recorded message. This is Police Constable Henry Fingleaf. You are a criminal and you are advised to give yourself up. Failure to comply with these regulations may result in prosecution. This is Police Constable Henry Fingleaf. He then has two minutes to give himself up before the musical handcuffs come out of the handle and snap over his wrist. A minute before the machine gun starts. And then another minute before everything starts up prior to the final climax. of it is, it's so simple. <laughs> now, a word about safes. Unsafe. Keep your money instead in bundles of fibres stuffed in old mattresses. In the event of a serious emergency, do call the police immediately by dialing 999. If the number is engaged, or if they're out, there's a little cafe round the corner that takes messages for them. If the cafe is closed, a 58 bus takes you to New Scotland Yard, and you can usually see them within about a week. And finally, remember, if you look after crime prevention, it gives us a lot more chance to deal with the serious things, like traffic and football matches and dead mice. Excuse me, is the faith dealer ready? Yeah, go on in. Are you the voice of the great spirit? Come on to me, great one. Oh, mighty one, oh, eternal one, I'm one, are you? Impose me in your will, give me the gift of healing and grant unto me the great comfort of the National Health Service. Oh, come in, Mrs. Bucket, I was just warming up. Uh, now then, if you'd just like to take off all your clothes... Does it help? It helps me, Mrs. Bucket. <laughs> now then, I'm going to invocate the great spirit, and he'll come down to me, possibly in the likeness of a vole, or in the lift, if it's working. And then, <laughs> and then I'm going to lay hands on the affected area. What exactly is the trouble? Chest cough. Oh, good. Who's a lucky actor? <laughs> great and eternally, fantastically magical spirit, come down amongst me. And walk amongst me, imbuing me with a marvellous spirit of healing. And whilst you're at it, if you've got anything for the 3 30, I'll be quite Doctor! <laughs> Doctor! I felt it. What did you feel? A kind of warm pressure on my shoulder. Yes. And a kind of singing in my ears. Oh dear, it's my budgie. Damn, Rover. <laughs> Doctor, how will I know when I'm being cured? You will feel your own body aflame and your spirit lifted up. And a deep, powerful, swirling, masterful voice will tell you you are well. Who will that be? Me. <laughs> come upon me, oh, oh, spirit. Come, come, come and make eyes at me down at the... No, no. Come down. Come down. Come down. Come down. Oh! I've got... I've got a... I've got a feeling he's not coming. Anyway, I feel quite sure in my own mind that you've got hay fever. Well, I'd like a second opinion. Certainly, you've broken your leg. <laughs> now, 
that's uh, that's five bob for the hay fever or fourteen and six for the broken leg. I think I'll take the hay fever, Doctor. Right, well, the nurse will give it you on the way out. Oh, and just come back if you want it cured. Busy, 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 I go. Now, what do you want? Well, I want to buy a house. Ah, well, you've come to the right place. I sell them. Oh. I'm an estate agent, you know. Okay. Says so on my door. Do you see my door? Uh, no. Why not? Don't you like my door? Aren't they good enough for you? I'm very busy, you know. I don't have to deal with idiots who don't like my doors. What sort of a house do you want, anyway? Uh, um, three stories. Three stories? Yeah. <laughs> three stories? <laughs> don't you know there's a housing shortage? You'll have to have a bungalow. I don't like bungalows. I don't like bungalows either, but somebody's got to live in them. Besides, they're very useful for crippled grandmothers. I don't have a crippled grandmother. You don't have a crippled grandmother? All right, I'll sell you one. No, it's all right. I'll give it to you. No extra charge. Goes with the bungalow. Now, how many children do you have? Four, five? None. None? What's the matter with you? Got problems? No. It's all right. It's all right. I'm not prejudiced. If you don't mind, I'd like a swimming pool with my house. Bungalow? No, with my bungalow. I want a swimming pool. Can you swim? No. No swimming pool. I'll learn. I'm sorry, I don't teach swimming. I'm much too busy. I'm in a bungalow with a swimming pool. We'll compromise. I'll give you a fish pond. I don't like fish. What's the matter with you? You don't like fish, you don't like children, you're not married, and you don't have a crippled grandmother. I like dogs. I hate dogs. <laughs> now, where do you want to live? Sorry. Hmm. Gloucester's very similar. I don't want to live in Gloucester. All right, all right. So you don't want to live in Gloucester. You don't want to live in my nice little bungalow in Gloucester. That's all right. Practically in Worcester anyway. You'll be all right there. Now, do you like farming? No. Yeah, you're right. It's hard work. It's badly paid, but you'll get used to it. Now then, um, you don't want a bathroom. I don't want a bathroom. Oh, good. That makes it easier. Well, then, let's, uh, let's see what we can do for you. You want a bungalow for you and a crippled grandmother, no bathroom with a fish pond very close to your new farming job in Worcester. Well, there's a coincidence. I've got, I've got just the thing. Ten thousand. Take it or leave it. No. I won't be pushed around. I'm going away from here and I'm never coming back. Where are you going to? Long way. A very long way? Yes. A very, very long way? 
<laughs> Why didn't you tell me? I've got a bungalow in Australia. Nice room. Excuse me. Thank you, now to meet that romantic hero of the days of yore, champion of the poor, scourge of the oppressors, master of the crossbow. Yes, it's none other than... Yours adventure, yours romance. Up to the west and into the sunset in a cloud of dust and amidst the swirl of clattering the legendary hero of the west rides again. It's the Lord Ninja! Oh, and in William Tell, sorry! Peak among the range of mountains, the brood of the little alpine village of Brandor, stands a man. His motionless figure, braced in defiance against the elements, is silhouetted against the tumultuous banks of clouds that hang menacingly above this pastoral scene, as if they would discharge their gloom-like rain upon the sleeping countryside beneath. And now, here is a late football result. <laughs> Totteridge and Weston Academicals 3. Totteridge and Weston Academicals 3. I- I'm sorry, I'll read that again. Totteridge and Weston Academicals, four. Meanwhile, back in the Alps... <laughs> why are they called Alps? Because when people fall off them, they cry, Ow! <laughs> no? Anyway, back in them. blazes merrily in the heart. She's the toast of the town. But suddenly, suddenly her reverie is broken as she hears a noise outside the window. Do you hear? If anyone were to see 
pleasure. Do you mind if I come in for a bit? <laughs> but before Fair Helga could reply, <laughs> she heard the noise of her father's feet coming downstairs. Come back, please. <laughs> Quick as a flash, William Tell sprang onto his false beard and pedaled curiously away. <laughs> How did he manage to steer it? He had a handlebar to stop. <laughs> However, as William pedaled round the corner in the road... Halt! Who goes there? Vader, Dick, I recognize that face. It's William Tell. Seize him, man. Wait! Who are you? Are you Count Otto von der Lass, the wicked landburger who owns all the land here about? No. I own all the cheese here about. Then you must be the cheese. Incidentally, <laughs> you may be interested to know that Switzerland is particularly noted for its dairy produce and its watches. Cheeseburger. <laughs> you ruined that one, didn't you? Yes, I did. <laughs> but, but, yes. Who are you? I am Dermot Stavaker, the singing baboon, playing the part of the wicked landburger Otto von der Lass. <laughs> At last, I have you in my power. <laughs> In the confusion that followed, William Tell made good his escape, and springing onto a banana skin, he slipped away into the shadows. That night, that night in a little tavern, the citizens of Brandorf met to voice their discontent. Discontent. Voice. Voice. Hello, citizens. We're all met here in the old dog and party to go go to plan our revolution against the wicked Landberger. Landlord, fill our glasses, drink up, lads, and by midnight we'll be revolting. Oh. <laughs> Would anybody like a nice slice of fruit pie? I'd love a bit, but I'll have some pie first. <laughs> uh, wait a tick, though. There's something moving inside this pie. Somebody coming out. Good heavens, it's... I learned it's me, William Tell. William Tell? But what's he doing in a fruit pie? Tim always gets the plum pie. <laughs> Be your leader. Now listen. Here is my plan. What is he talking about? I don't know. Something about Fritz. The goat herd. No, he wasn't listening. <laughs> the cow herd? Well, if it did, it didn't laugh. <laughs> it didn't move either. Well, no moody good mood. <laughs> Not very amusing. of music. That's quite, that is quite enough of those jokes. Yes, that is the end of the move. Uh, Quick, lad, hide up the chimney. Open up. All right, Carter, let's Good evening, madam. I am the chimney sweep. I'll just put me brush up here and... <laughs> ah, you don't often get yodeling like that nowadays. All right, I surrender. I'm coming out. <laughs> William Tell, I thought as much. Tonight you will lie in a dungeon cell. Pardon me. Farewell, Helga. We may never meet again. You don't mean... Oh, not until you've had your nose fixed. Anyway. <laughs> that night, as William Tell languished in his lonely dungeon cell... Yes, I am the jailer in charge of these miserable onions. 
Coming, Dungeon. Oh, Jailer, you're so handsome and kind. Please open the door and let Wilhelm escape. Oh, no, we had a big escape last week. The prisoners all caught measles and they all broke out in a rabbit. You mean rash? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what made me say rabbit. I must have rabbits on the brain. Why so? Cause at a distance they look like uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, you must come along with me to the marketplace. The Landberger himself has organised a competition for you. A competition? Oh, goodness. <laughs> Bring the prisoner forward. 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 Oh, that's me. <laughs> Now is your chance to prove yourself as an archer. Wait. Who are you? I'm Bojess. Bojess? Yes, Bojess to the French Foreign Legion. And I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Yeah. Oh, I could spit. What was that? That was a crossbow. A crossbow? A crossbow? What luck. I am master of that weapon. If I prove myself with a crossbow and landburger, will you let me go free? I thought you'd never ask. Yes, you may go free if you can shoot this apple off the head of your son. But I haven't got a chance. That's all right, I haven't got an apple. <laughs> but you won't trust me enough to let me shoot an apple off their head. Any volunteers? I'm a volunteer, dear boy. I'm Constance. Will you really go through with this? Of course, dear boy. We're the publicity. But what can we use instead of the apple? Excuse me, Lady Constance. Grim! Put a cold grizzly climb onto my head, Grim. Oh, not again, madam. I'm afraid of heights, you know that. And so, in the marketplace of Browndorf, the crowd held their breath <gasps> as the legendary William Tell took careful aim with his crossbow. But I answer it. by Graham Garden, Eric Idle, and Bilotti. The songs were by Bilotti, arranged by Leon Cohen, and the rest of the music was provided and played by Dave Lee and his group. <laughs> yes. Uh, the show is produced by H.J.B. of the BBC, and that's it till next week. Tune in to Prune then to hear John Wigwam Cleese say... Oh, no! It's the Wonder Show! My name is Angus, and I'll be to and carry on with that. You don't!
Radio Prune is now the number one radio station called Radio Prune. <laughs> Even the press have begun to recognize us. And we have received reviews in some extremely high-class intellectual journals, the names of which we're not allowed to mention, and you lot are too common to know about anyway. Oh. The radio critic offers... Right. I'm sorry I'll read that again. Successfully affects the genimorphia of visibility and twining within its labyrinth almost Christian and pudibrest expressive flowers, owing not a little to brass, perhaps a millstone of semantic wordplay, which surely harkens back to the verbum ambiguum of the pathetic badinage in Gawain and the Green Knight, and thus creates a veritable charisma of Gilbertian calisthenics. And I particularly like the knickers joke. <laughs> Sunday newspaper critic had a good word for us. Filthy! <laughs> dear, dear Radio Prune, I would like to complain about your program, so please broadcast something distasteful. <laughs> I shall not be happy, I shall not be happy until I have taken offense. And a gate and a small potting shed. Yours truly, Colonel Walter Wall Carpeting, Mrs. O.B.E. All right, then. Radio Prune is not expensive, always cheap and most offensive. Boom. <laughs> that was offensive. <laughs> I'm going to write to the Queen. Your most royal majesty, that last item made me ashamed to be a member of the British Commonwealth. So I'm sending you back my OBE. Also, my order of the garter, which needs new elastic. In exchange, if you have any George Crosses left... Please send me half a dozen with pink ribbons. And my wife would like a pair of your sensible shoes. <laughs> okay, now we have an inoffensive item. Here is a warning to all motorists on the M1. Travelling from Birmingham to London on the northbound carriageway. <laughs> and now, here is a weather report. Cloudy, 7 out of 10, must try harder. And there you have... Shades of. I'm sorry, I'll read that again from BBC Radio in 1973. Heard on your wireless today in 1985 on Labor Day weekend with comedy classics from CBC Radio. I'm Roger Abbott. And I'm Don Ferguson.